Chapter Eight of Darnley by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight. I do believe it. The common world teems out with things we know not, and our mind, too gross for us to scan the mighty whole, knows not how busy all creation is. In the original history, here follows a long chapter describing how Sir Payan Wileton sitting in deep and earnest consultation with sir caesar the magician regarding the teeming future was only awakened to a full sense of the present by the very resonant oh uttered by jekin groby as he fell from the window and the same chapter goes on at great length to detail all that sir payan did and said upon making the discovery of his prisoner's evasion his fury, his menaces, his orders, his promises to those who should retake them, are all described fully, and in very sublime language by Professor von der Brugius. But nevertheless we shall omit them, as well as the long account by which they are preceded of the strange and curious ceremonies employed by Sir Caesar to ascertain the event of many dark schemes that were then revolving in the breasts of men and we think that the reasons which induce us to leave out all those curious particulars will fully justify our doing so in the opinion of our readers in the first place we wish to follow our hero as far as possible in the next place every reader whose head is any better than a turnip can easily figure the mad rage of a passionate though wily man on finding his prey has escaped from his hand and in the third place we did not translate this chapter inasmuch as von der Brugius, besides being vastly sublime, was wholly unintelligible. Making, therefore, that short which was originally long, we shall only say that all the servants roused from their beds beat the woods in every direction, searching vainly for the young knight and Richard Hartley, who, as we have seen, contrived to evade their pursuit. Not such, however, was the fate of poor Jekin Groby, who, running straight forward up one of the avenues, was soon seen and overtaken by a party of servants, who, taking it for granted that he would resist most violently, beat him unmercifully out of mere expectation. Roaring and grumbling, the unfortunate clothier was brought back to the manor, and underwent Sir Payan's objurgation with but an ill grace. "'You are a villain, you are!' cried Jekin. "'You had better let me alone, you had. You'll burn your fingers if you meddle with me.' You've stolen my bags already, but the King and Lord Derby shall hear of it, ay, and the Cardinal to boot, and a deal more, too. Did not I hear you promise to murder him, you black-hearted vagabond? Tie him hand and foot, said Sir Payan, and bring him back again into the strong-room. Bring him along, I would fain see how they reached the window. And followed by the servants, hauling on poor Jekin who ever and anon muttered something about Lord Derby, and the King, and his bags, he proceeded to the chamber where the young knight had been imprisoned. There the settle and the rope gave evidence of the manner in which the escape had been effected, and were instantly removed by order of the knight, to prevent the honest clothier, though now bound hand and foot, from making the attempt again. "'This man's evidence would damn me,' thought Sir Payan fool that i was to forget that he was here and not look in that straw closet before i committed myself with the other but he must be taken care of and never see england again what is that continued he aloud pointing to the scroll which caught his eye on the ground give it me ha all fair 
Can old Sir Caesar have aided in this trick? We will see. And with hasty strides he proceeded to the high chamber where he had left the astrologer. He slackened his pace, however, with some feelings of awe, for as he approached he heard a voice speaking high. "'In the name of God most high,' it cried, "'answer! Shall his head be raised so high, for good or for evil? Ha! Thou fleetest away! Let be! Let be!' At this moment Sir Payan threw open the door, and found the old man, with his hair standing almost erect, his eye protruded, and his arms extended, as if still adjuring some invisible being. "'It is gone!' cried he, as the other entered. "'It is gone!' and he sank back exhausted in his chair. Notwithstanding the fund of dauntless resolution which Sir Payan had, his heart seemed to grow faint as he entered the apartment, in which there was a strange, sickly odour of incense and foreign gums, and a thin blue smoke that, diffusing itself from the chafing-dish on the table, rendered the various objects flickering and indistinct. Nor could he help persuading himself that something rushed by him as he opened the door, like a sudden gust of cold wind, that made him give an involuntary shudder. When he had left the room below, he had determined to tax the old knight boldly with having aided in the prisoner's escape, but his feelings were greatly changed when he entered, and accosting him with a mixture of awe and respect, he asked how it was that people discovered any characters written in a certain sort of ink he had heard of, which was quite pure and white, till the person who had the secret submitted it to some other process. "'Hold the paper to the fire,' said Sir Caesar feebly. Sir Payan immediately extended the parchment over the chafing-dish, but in vain. No trace of any kind appeared, and vexed and disappointed he let it drop into the flame. "'Know you that my prisoner has escaped?' said he. "'And I am again insecure?' "'Listen to what is of mightier moment,' cried Sir Caesar, with a great effort, as if his powers were almost extinct, and some vast excitement just undergone. "'Listen, and reply not, but leave me the moment you have heard. You besought me to ascertain the fate of Edward, Duke of Buckingham, that you might judge whether to serve him as he would have you. I have compelled an answer from those who know, and I learn that, within one year, Buckingham's head shall be the highest in the realm. Mark, determine, and leave me. Sir Payan, aware that it was useless to remain when Sir Caesar had once desired to be alone, quitted the chamber in silence. Yes, said he thoughtfully, I will serve him, so long as I do not undo myself. I will creep into his counsels, I will appear his zealous friend, but I will be wary. He aims at the crown. As he rises, I will rise. But if I see him make one false step in that proud ascent, I will hurl him down, and when the fair lands of Buckingham avoid, who knows? We shall see. Less than I have risen higher. Ho! Who waits? When the Portingallo returns, give the prisoner into his hands, but first make the captain speak with me. Buckingham's head shall be the highest in the realm. That must be king. Never did I know his prophecies fail, though sometimes they have a strange twist of meaning. Highest in the realm. There can be none higher than the king. Harry has no male heir. Well, we shall see. End of chapter 8